Hey, welcome back to the Back to Ones podcast. I'm sitting here with Kristen Stilling, the senior shorts programmer at the Whistler Film Fest, indie producer, production coordinator for the National Film Board of Canada, and chair of the board at the Vancouver Shorts Film Festival, as well as other things. The list goes on. Yeah, I, I keep myself busy. <laughs> so you have graciously come to chat with us about, there's a few things I want to talk to you about because you do so many things. Um, so I, today I want to talk to you about mostly producing and then the Whistler Film Fest, which is coming up and everybody's excited. But first, producing. Great. So I wanted to talk to you. Um, basically, I've had this question happen to me, I don't know, like four or five times this year already. And I feel like it's, it, nobody knows the answer really. Um, but people have asked me, what is a producer? What do they actually do? The producer basically runs the shoot, organizes <laughs> and runs the shoot. The director should be focusing on the creative. So they should be focusing on their shots. They should be focusing on working with directors. But obviously we all know there is a shit ton of other stuff that happens on a film besides shot, deciding the shots and working with the actors and all the creative decisions that the director is looped into. There's a whole other side of organizational, logistic uh, side of filmmaking. And basically the producer is the master commander-in-chief there. So on a larger studio production, there's a reason why the producer will win Best Picture over the director. The producer usually hires the director, and the director does work for the producer just the same as any other crew that the producer has hired. In an indie world, it is a lot more collaborative and a lot more... Uh, crossover between various positions so it isn't quite as cut and dry also we're seeing an incredible rise of um, director writers so usually the director now is not just being hired based off of a script that the producer owns it's uh, a lot of indie stuff the director also wrote the script so there's there's you know a, a wide range of like what a producer would do depending on the project but the essential core of it is they run the shoot this is their circus and these are their monkeys yes <laughs> so right from the very beginning they'll be hiring everyone they'll be organizing uh and that's that's actually i guess the main thing you hire good people and hope that they put in the work uh that needs to be done in terms of all the other logistics but you are overseeing it and making sure it happens and the smaller your crew the more that stuff you're doing yourself Nice. And then when it gets on big professional shoots, it's a lot different than indie shoots. Like you mentioned, it's mm -hmm. a lot more collaboration, a lot more blurring of the lines, but technically there are different tiers of producers and they all are kind of responsible for different sorts of things. Correct. And how a certain shoot determines those categories is kind of up to them, but there are some big industry standards. So if you see something that says executive producer, that generally means uh, money. So they have invested a lot of money. And if you see something like a co-producer or an associate producer, that could also mean uh, a crew member or someone else who maybe initially wasn't a producer from the get-go, but definitely put in a lot of extra effort uh, and held or contributed something significant to the production, brought something to the table, and therefore were given a, a producer credit as well. 
Mm-hmm. And then you get kind of even further down the line because the producer is the one kind of keeping in mind the budgets and where it's going and what's happening. So you'll have producers do who are maybe doing the the management and the plans for, you know, where you're publicizing the film and where it's getting sold to and and budgets getting done and and paperwork that goes to unions and various things. So much paperwork. If you want if you're a producer, you better love your paperwork. <laughs> and you also better be excited about budgets. Uh, cuz like it it is so funny to me because I love I love curling up with a budget spreadsheet and it is such a nerdy thing but I just I love it I love it when it all is balancing when I know exactly where I am financially I love doing it for productions and I love doing it for my own personal budget so that's a good quality if you're if budgets get you excited then maybe you should consider producing maybe you're a producer you need to you need to be into. Uh, finance you need to be into logistics and organizational and you need to be a people person and very calm too i think yeah when the producer is running and screaming it's usually not a good sign yeah you want someone that has a a calm like a steady hand i guess in dealing with people yeah because there's a lot there's a lot of personalities on a film set so you better have a producer that can kind of manage a wide variety <laughs> How diplomatically put. Um, so if you're working on a big production, it's usually pretty cut and dried. The producers are usually going to be people with a lot of experience and they're usually going to be there hiring you. But for these indie productions where you're kind of working backwards, you've got a script or you're a director or, or maybe you're an actor and you've assembled people and you want to make something, mm-hmm. finding a producer is going to save you a lot of headaches in making your short as good as it can be without having half your mind always kind of panicking about budgets, money, people. How do you go about finding a producer? And being that it's indie land and sometimes we don't always get 100% what we want um, all the time, if you are looking for a producer with certain skills, what are the top skills to look for before saying, say, looking for someone who has like social media experience or some of the things that can come later? Uh, well, for me personally, I got to go with, with the personality and how you guys just get along on a human level. It better be someone that you feel like is listening to you and that understands what you're saying. The communication has to be there. And that is unfortunately kind of, a, depends on the two specific people. Uh, but you, You'll want a good communication between the two of you. You'll also want to see someone that is able, like I said, to communicate with a wide variety of people. And it should be someone that you you enjoy s- spending time with. They don't need to be your best friend, but it needs to be someone that you trust and that is reliable. Uh, so I also look at work ethic. If you're talking to some, if you are getting references or talking to other people that work with them, they don't necessarily... I wouldn't say they necessarily need to have previous producing experience, but you'll want to hear stuff from people like they just really worked really hard. They did everything they said they were going to. They communicated well if things were kind of going awry and we like came up with solutions together. You want that type of feedback from someone as opposed to like, oh, I, I've heard they can produce because that's the type of person that's going to step up and really uh, do do the job and be there. And 
and problem solve with you, like I said, when it comes up. So I'd, I'd go off of personality and what you can determine about their work ethic from past projects. Mm-hmm. And then experience-based wise, I mean, because there's a lot of aspects aspects of producing that, and, and when I've worked as a producer, I mean, a lot of the time I've learned from working with people more experienced than myself, just absorbing and, and learning on the fly as you go, knowing that you always have people you can call and fall back on to, to ask questions and, and go to if you need help. Um, that said, if you're finding somebody who doesn't necessarily have a, a giant resume of things that they've worked on before, what are skills that, that you'd want to ask? Have you done this before? Have you done X before? What should you be, what kinds of conversations should you be having ahead of time, I guess? If you're hiring a a substantial crew and you're putting that responsibility onto the producer, I would ask about if they've crewed up before, how many contacts they know, if they've ever um, fired anyone, (laughs) Uh, you know, that type of thing, like the the kind of like person management side. Budgeting, budgeting, if you like working with numbers, isn't that complicated. So basically just like, do you even budget your own personal finances might be helpful to know uh, just someone, their basic level of competence in that regard. Um, Yeah, but, but it's tough to say, like I said, uh, sometimes people can really shine who didn't have a lot of experience before and other times other producers that have been around um just can get over I guess maybe time commitment like how much time they're willing to give to it because I think that's the biggest thing is a lot of times people get excited about project or think you yourself are a great person to collaborate with but then when it comes down to it they don't have the time so I actually respect collaborators that are like Ooh, I like that. I like you. I like your project, but just my time frame doesn't allow me to commit to it fully because that's the type of thing I think about when I go into a project. I'm not going to agree, even no matter how cool I think it is, if I can't give the proper time to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess like, yeah, flipping over to like your perspective as a producer, when you're looking for a project to hop on, like what, what do you look for? What kind of indicates to you that, oh, this is a part... From just like, oh, I'm, I personally like, you know, the, the topic. What do you look for that you go, oh, this has got a seed of something I'm excited to work on? It, lucky for me, being also a programmer, I see a ton of content. So seeing a ton of content, I, can t- I recognize when something on the page at least is feeling fresh, is feeling unique, or is feeling like something that I'm excited to see on screen. So yeah, I look for that in a script, but more than anything, I am looking to the team. I'm looking to the director, their past work, uh, their aesthetic, their vision. Um, to me, I really embrace the story side of s- of filmmaking, but also a visual look. And so I need to see it from previous uh, pieces from a director, their, their ability to manage that cinematic quality in a short film uh, on top of a winning story. And not just short, sorry, I should say in any type of content, a web series or a feature or whatever. So... I'm looking for those qualities and I'm looking for the personality too of the people because 
I am not that interested in working for people that are negative, that are uh, put other people down, that have ego. <laughs> so I'm looking for people that are just genuinely interested in creating content and that share that same vision for what a set atmosphere will be like, the same as me. I'm not that interested in uh, showboating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that collaborative <laughs> spirit is like yeah. so important, especially in indie. Um if and I'm also, sorry, just to interject, mm-hmm. this is becoming increasingly important to me um, to see stories that are balanced in um, representation. So I I need to see a script that'll pass the Blushdale test <laughs> um, that is bringing something else to the table uh, besides the kind of general stuff we're used to seeing on the big screen. Yeah, yeah. it's nice to see that shifting now too mm-hmm. more. And we're seeing that across the board in the type of projects that are getting funded, in the, in the type of projects that are being written. So that's super exciting. And I will have to say that it, the change is, does need to come from the top. So it's starting grassroots, but you see it growing up to the top. And, and by that, I mean, you know, the funding agencies, the programmers at festivals, uh, we need more diversity and more equality and gender uh, in those types of positions of power as well, because then we'll actually see not even content getting made, but sh- being shown and having a platform in the way that it should. Yeah, I think it's, and I think that's true. Like having those people sitting in the rooms making the decisions about what gets made. I mean, sitting in pitch rooms, you hear it over and over again oh, I like this story, I connect with this story. So having the people in those positions that connect with those stories is going to, I think, facilitate them getting made more and more. Exactly. Speaking of programmers for festivals, Whistler's coming up. Whistler's coming up, baby. (laughs) Uh, So the Whistler Film Festival is coming up at the end of November. It starts on Wednesday, November 27th believe that's the 27th and it ends on Sunday December 2nd so we've got four great days of films of industry sessions of talent milling about our small little snowy village Uh, and I've worked for Whistler this will be my ninth festival what but uh, my fourth as the shorts programmer so I've been involved for a long time one of the longest with the festival there's like four uh three three fantastic ladies who've been including our director uh commander-in-chief shauna um who've been there longer than i have but i've definitely been around for a long time and it's a festival that's near and dear to my heart mostly because of how fun it is yeah i mean there's something about just shipping up off to like whistler fairy tale snowy town and just insulating yourself with a bunch of fellow creatives and Enjoying the snow and exactly. the parties and the hot tub. I hear and- <laughs> time and time again from people that they'll see someone on a panel or at a talk and then they'll run into them at the coffee shop the next morning or even the bar that night because the village is so small and you don't, um, unlike bigger festivals like Vancouver or TIFF where you might feel like you're constantly kind of headed from one end of the city to the next to get to the next event or the next screening or the next session... Whistler is all very contained and all on foot, so it's easy 
to feel like you're really fully immersed in the experience. Yeah, you never have to really chase the festival. You're just there. immersed. Yeah. Yes. Um, so so y- you clearly know this festival inside and out. <laughs> so insider tip time, where... What are the things that you're looking forward to that is spill like where the, the deets on our on what are the must see must do things on your list? Okay. Uh, must see must do. Well, first of all, we have a very cool film that's opening the festival this year. Mary Queen of Scots uh, starring Shorsha Ronan and um, Margot Robbie. And I hope I said Shorsha's name right. I think uh, I did. I've heard it before. <laughs> Anyways, I'm apologies if I did it. Um, are in this film called Mary Queen of Scots about the relationship between Queen Elizabeth and her cousin, Mary, uh, Queen of Scotland. And so that's happening Wednesday night. So that's a very cool opening film uh, that I'm excited for. But besides that, let's see. Hmm. I would say that... You really should plan your days to have a balance of one or two, if you're going, if you have an industry pass, one or two industry sessions that speak to you. I know there's a bunch of different ones that cover things like uh, connecting um, online with an audience, uh, sessions, documentary, a whole day on documentary. We have two live uh, pitch sessions in front of audiences. So that's the power pitch and the MPS short film pitch. Lots of different sessions that'll be very of interest to people that are in the industry I would say pick at least one or two indie films that you just like the description of because part of the magic of film festivals is you're never going to see have a chance to see these films most likely on the big screen or even sometimes sadly anywhere so pick something that's indie that you just like the description of even if you hate it when else are you going to be able to do that (laughs) right I think it's always cool I always go off of a little bit of buzz of what I'm hearing. So maybe pick like a couple screenings just based off of what people are excited about. And then one or two that you're just like, I'm not going to gamble on this and see what I think. Um, It's like racehorses, pick them by the name. Yeah, pick them by the (laughs) name or the photo in the program guide. Uh, And you should go see some shorts because they are very good. Uh, I I program the shorts, so I'm a bit biased, but I definitely... um, keep in mind, I'm trying to take the audience on a journey. So you're going to get a little bit of everything. I don't program thematically. So within one program, you're going to have some drama. You're going to have maybe something that's a bit thriller or suspenseful, and you're going to have some comedy and maybe a little love story. And all that's going to be in one program. So if you don't like one of them, then just wait, you'll have another one coming along right away. So the shorts programs happen every day. Um, either at noon or at one thirty. Awesome. And they're short. So I mean, yeah, yeah. fit them into the, your day people. And then, uh, Oh, one thing I should mention too, is if you do have an industry pass, um, on every evening at the end of the day from four thirty to six, we have an apres ski networking cocktail hour. So come have a glass of wine or a beer and meet people because that's the thing is connecting. I'd say that's your opportunity to talk to people you saw on the panels, to talk to the director or cast or whatever that you saw at the Q&A of the film you went to the night before. Go to these networking receptions and, and meet the people. Be a mover and a shaker. Oh, yeah. No. I think one of my favorite favorite panels that I always make sure not to miss is the the variety panel, the ten, ten writers screenwriters to, to yeah, watch. watch. Yeah. Oh, this year we have the one from um, 
that to all the boys I've loved before. Oh, nice. That's that cool. Very adorable Netflix. Yes. School that was shot here that I just loved. Aw, that's awesome. No, I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whistler's got this magic to it. So. Oh, okay. and, and hot tip. I always carry my bathing suit around in my purse because you never know when you are going to want to get in a hot tub, but I definitely want to get in a hot tub if the opportunity arises. It's literally a hot tub tip. Yes, a hot just, tub tip. Carry your bathing tip. suit around with you. <laughs> I have it in my purse because you never know. I'm always so busy that the opportunity sometimes just comes up and I'm like, better better brace it now. But you, you got to take advantage of those uniquely Whistler moments as well. Oh, definitely. Yes. So you mentioned that the shorts program is like a little bit of this, a little bit of that variety and a journey. Um, there's when you're, when you're submitting a film to a festival, there's always like tone of festival to consider. Mm-hmm. What's Whistler's tone? Would you say, does it have it? Is variety the tone? Uh, 100%. The uh, the tone could probably be most accurately described as films that Kristen liked, uh, which is, which I guess is not helpful to anyone. The tone is Kristen people get to know her. (laughs) Yeah. But, but that's, that's a, every festival programs differently and you're not going to be able to tell necessarily from the festival webpage, but some program by committee. So there is actually a room of people that are deciding what films are getting selected and some people just hire one specific person um, and it's more curated and that's the case of Whistler. So it really is in case of features, our director programming Paul Gratton and in case of shorts, it's me and we see a lot of content. So it's something that it just stands out to us and it could be anything. Uh, if it's, if it's kind of a typical story, it could be a performance that just really is memorable and strong. It could be a unique twist to something. I always, I see so many films that I always think when I'm going back and reviewing my notes and my lists, if I can't remember what the film is off of my first sentence summary of the plot, then it doesn't have that staying power. I want that staying power because that's what the audience is going to remember. If you can't remember the film two weeks after you've seen it, just off of my one sentence summary that I'm reading to myself, then the audience isn't going to stick with them either. So I'm looking for something that just lingers and it's totally subjective and personal so that's why it's really hard people always ask me that like what to look for in a festival but it totally depends on how they program Mm -hmm. but you can get a good idea of what festivals program by just going to go see the films at that festival if that's not a possibility just getting a sense of what's on the page so I have been to TIFF for a couple years now I get a good sense of the type of films they program same with VIF uh, and that's why it's also definitely beneficial and um, on top of those kind of general programs uh, festivals to pick niche ones that are specifically within the range of your film so comedy or horror or youth or female focused hit some of those niches because then you at least know you check one box of what they're looking for yeah and then for the rest just take your time research find out how they do their selections and and what they usually screen yeah um and then if if there's a festival 
I'm so involved with festivals <laughs> that it's hard to be like subjective, but there's certain festivals that I know that I like their programming because I've seen what they've programmed before. And so I'm like, Ooh, if I was like, when I make a film and I submit it, I, I especially am hopeful that it would play here because I love the programming there. Uh, yeah. I like that preemptive go to festivals and the ones that you vibe with yeah. that make you excited to make your stuff. Yeah. Those are probably the ones that you should be yeah. submitting. It's hard though if you're based in one city and you only have a few festivals. That's true. Luckily, Vancouver is a lot. This is a little uh, funny story regarding my specific programming. Last year, on the very first day of programming, this guy in the audience asked a question about what what the like theme of the program was, and I did my whole spiel. You know, I don't really program thematically. I'm just looking for films that co- I connect with, and it could be anything that is that connection. And then he, you could tell, he really just wanted to tell me what he thought the theme was because he was like, after I said that, he's like, well, actually, I think the theme is, and went on to explain it. Now, my mom comes every year with her friends to the festival, and I usually have breakfast with them every morning. And so the next morning, they were like, yeah, so we, um, we, that guy was right. There was a theme to your program. And so they became convinced that there was a secret theme that I just wouldn't tell them what it was. And it was their job to determine the theme of my program. So the next morning, every day, they'd be like, we figured out what the theme is from yesterday's programming. The theme is walk a mile in someone else's shoes. And I just, it was just so funny because no matter how many times I told them it wasn't a theme, they just couldn't get in their heads. And I was like, you're right. It totally, that is the secret theme. You guessed it. Excellent. I'm going to be watching the shorts and guessing the secret themes this year. Yeah. (laughs) Wonderful. Um, When you submit a a film to a festival, speaking of like not being able to get to festivals or like whether or not you can, how important is it to go and, and attend a festival that your film is playing at? do you think? I think for personally for you as a filmmaker, it could be really valuable, especially if the festival um, is doing industry sessions and you're, if you're able to attend multiple days of the festival and really get an experience and meet other filmmakers, meet other people that are attending. But if you don't have the resources, like it's not going to diminish people from connecting to your film necessarily. It, it's always very memorable if there is a filmmaker there to be able to talk to the audience. I think that it does allow them to connect to the film more, but it's not essential. And it's just, I, th- I would say if you personally enjoy going to festivals, then yes, it would definitely be worth it to try to make the effort to go. But obviously it's not available for everyone. But I've known tons of filmmakers that have had a lot of success by traveling with their film um, in the types of connections they make that serve them further down the road. And it definitely gets your name out there and um, increases your reach if you're wanting to continue to work in film and grow your profile. So say you have a few shorts, play in the States, uh, at festivals that people will recognize. Then when you have a feature, you can kind of parlay that, you know, like I've, I've already been to um, Nevada and I loved it and I played at this festival and I would love for my feature to come here too and reconnect with all these people. So it's built, it's audience building if you, if you're able to. And then uh, besides that, it's, it's networking and connection building. Nice. Mm -hmm. Aw, well, I'm excited to go to Whistler. I've like got everything booked and I'm ready to go. Have you looked at the programs? I 
Have not, but that's just because I've been crazy busy. I'm bad. I go. I try to go to everything anyway. I don't sleep. So. <laughs> sleep is important. Yes, it has to be regularly scheduled. <laughs> I know. I know. You gotta have at least like a a nap time or something if you're gonna be out late every night and get up early every morning. Definitely, yeah. just nap blocks. Nap blocks. Naps. Twenty minutes is all you need. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> huh? Well, thank you so much for, for stopping by thank to like chat about me, this. Yeah. Oh, anytime. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll all see you up uh, up in Whistler. Yeah. In a hot tub somewhere. Clink, clink. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Kristen. Thanks. Bye. Bye.